For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ooh. Welcome back, sports fans, to another episode of the Charity Stripe Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. For those listening at home, on the road, in the air, or in the water, do you believe? We have a great show for you guys today. Light heavyweight and heavyweight champion of Bellator, Ryan Bader, joins the show once again. So buckle up, because here we go. Three, two, one. We're back. We sitting here. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. Clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History final. Tie Gives it to Jenkins for the championship. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Bases loaded. Two out. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Pitch your free throws because they're free. So 2-6-6. Coming hot at you guys in so 265. And I'm joined on this one by defense and offensive coordinators Alex Toss Me the Rock Tosopoulos and Nikki Snacks Krida. In an awesome show with a returning guest, Ryan Bader joins the boys. We met him down in Radio Row in Miami. And we're here to speak about his upcoming title defense in the light heavyweight division at Bellator this Friday. So get excited without further ado, the Charity Stripe team with Ryan Bader. All right, we got him back on the show. You heard him on our show on Radio Row. We got the double champ of Bellator, which is still crazy to me, man. I can't believe you're light heavyweight champ and heavyweight champ going back and forth between divisions. He's fighting this Friday, defending his light heavyweight championship. We have Ryan Darth Bader joining the show, which is arguably the best nickname. So simple, so quick. We love it. Welcome back, man. Thank you. Better than Master also. Yes. Has that always yeah. been your nickname, like growing up as a kid too? Master Bader? Oh, no. Darth. <laughs> Darth, Darth, Darth Bader. That's great. <laughs> But I'm sure you got masturbator too, yeah. It was the other one, masturbator more off, more often than not, you know. I feel like, uh, no, I feel like, who would say that to you though? I would, I would never call you. I would, you, I would be like, yeah, <laughs> hey, I would avoid I'm that. Telling you, like kids, like in fourth grade, were even onto that, you know. So, um, Darth so came funny. about kind of in my wrestling days. There's a guy that uh, um, would always call me that when we were wrestling at ASU, and he kind of uh, went to an MMA gym, and they started calling me that, so it kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. 
Nice, man. Yeah. It's Dart stuck. It's great, man. Uh, you're fighting Vadim Nemkov Friday, light heavyweight championship. Uh, you were supposed to fight him in May. Now you're fighting him in August. What's that preparation like? Can you over-prepare for a situation like this? That's like my thought process now. I'm pretty curious about that. And like the level of it, because you're anticipating the fight coming up when we spoke to you last. And how has that anticipation grown? Yeah, well, I've had some you know wrenches thrown in there, obviously, with COVID. It got canceled. I was supposed to fight Nemkov at 205 pounds in May. And then they couldn't get – Russians couldn't get in for a while. And so we were kind of – Bellator also was like, hey, we're looking like we're going to do heavyweight. You know, and so preparation oh, is – I didn't know who I was fighting, let alone what weight class. You know, and then you can definitely over-prepare. If we have a kind of a strict camp, you know, that we, we follow where we feel good at the end, you scale back, you recover. And if you don't know the date, you know, you just kind of – you're just going too hard all the time. So we um, – you know, we were training for May, halfway through camp, that got pulled back. And then we're thinking end of June, end of July, that didn't happen. And so we would take breaks and we would uh, um, kind of regulate that I wasn't doing too much. And then probably like four weeks ago, I, I just found out that I was fighting light heavyweight, you know. Um, they could get him in. And they flew him in just in time because Russia just put a ban on flying to U.S. and vice versa, I guess. And so I'm just glad we're here. Yeah, man. And you've fought his – is 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 a mentor previously yeah. recently Emilianenko and he's obviously a legend so how does that factor into the whole thing like the fighting style you know obviously he's fought you but it's a different weight class they're two different completely fighters you know is that yeah. like, how how often is that even happening where you know your mentors fought somebody and they're passing down that knowledge is that is that a common thing in in mixed martial arts no you know i i fought like the Noguera brothers and stuff like that but um, you know, it's one of those things where it doesn't matter to me. And that's been kind of a big thing that the media has been asking, like, oh, he's avenging his mentor and all that, but he can't bring him in. It's not tag team wrestling. You right. know, it's, it's, uh, and the thing is too, Fedor and I didn't even have a chance to, you know, it was a one punch knockout, 35 seconds. So he couldn't really take anything away from that other than, you know, I hit hard and I'm fast. You know, we didn't get any clinch. We didn't grapple at all. He couldn't feel how strong I was. So. I mean, what really can you take back besides he was fighting me, so he, he did his homework, you know, and he could pass that on to Nemkov, but that's about it. Yeah, he's got no experience really in the ring with you. That that thing was over. Yeah. I watched it today. It was like I could have – I didn't have time to, like, brush my teeth in the middle. You know, it was, it was over before it started. <laughs> the, yeah, man. The uh, So what's, like, the level of prep between heavyweight and light heavyweight like for you? Like how many, how, um, how different is your fighting style going into each? Fighting style, not really. It, it, you know, that, that all depends on the opponent. Um, it's just really weight. You know, I was 235, you know, five weeks ago, whatever. And now, you know, I got to get down to 205. So I'm sitting really good right now. And um, so I had to be definitely more strict, which is good. You know, in my eating habits, I have to, you know, eat less and train my body. You know, this is what we're running on right now. Um, but I get in really good shape and eating that healthy you know heavyweight i'll eat healthy but if i want to have something i'm like all right i'm the heavyweight whatever you know 205 i've been really strict the last four weeks and uh you know you can see in my physique i feel good feel super fast i feel ready so um you know i and my weight's good so i'm liking this 205 
Yeah. Do you prefer to fight down at light heavyweight? Um, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Don't want to get you in trouble, but yeah, just figure it out. No, at heavyweight, I mean, it's it's fun. I don't have to worry about cutting weight or mm-hmm. anything like that. I have to worry about really how big I get in between fights. I get to enjoy it a little more, but um, I do like the discipline that 205 brings. Mm-hmm. And on the subject of weight, there's a, a thing that came to light and on you over on the other brand at UFC this past weekend was somebody came in overweight and they lo- they lost 20% of their paycheck uh, to the opponent. That's happened to you before. How was there like a level of frustration with the within the I I didn't even know that was like a thing. Is there like a level of frustration within the fighters that the other guy doesn't make weight even if you do get 20% of his cut? Yeah, I mean for uh yeah, especially if a guy that doesn't have a good contract and you're getting 20% of a, a cut of a guy that's not making shit, I mean, you're, you're kind of pissed, especially if he's a good amount over. Um, the one time it happened to me was at Rampage, you know? Right, it was Rampage, and yeah. Rampage had a good a good purse. So, you know, they came in, they're like, hey, Rampage is 212. He's supposed to make 205 and plus a pound, you know? I'm like, 212? He's like, can he get down a little more? They're like, he, he said he can't. And then uh, they're like, you know, where you get 20% of his purse, 50 grand. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's go. <laughs> so, yeah. If you're getting four grand and he's freaking that much over, that would suck. But you know, for that's the only time it happened to me, but yeah, I mean, I've never missed weight in my life wrestling or anything, MMA. So, um, discipline and just get it done. And I get, you know, shit happens sometimes. Right. But, um, you gotta, you gotta be a professional about it. Mm-hmm. Is there like a go-to, is there like a go-to food that like, is like your secret trick that like you can always eat and like be able to cut down on asking for a friend asking for a friend um, <laughs> for, I, I love i love bananas are easy to eat um put bananas on the grocery list bananas and uh, sweet potato is a big thing for me um, oh, especially fight week you know day of the fight you got a lot of motions going through you um you got some nerves going and it's hard to eat but if you get sweet potatoes where you can just kind of shove them in get them down they'll they're great food to sustain you and uh that's kind of my that's my food probably sweet potato nice you'll check in with us in like a couple weeks and you'll have seen me like orange because i've just just been eating sweet (laughs) potatoes and bananas (laughs) like why are you having a sweet potato for breakfast dude it's like bader told me to do it (laughs) gotta obey the dark side uh, ryan how has just training, you know, with quarantine and all that stuff. How has that changed for you? I mean, personnel, like, has that been cut down? Are you just working with one guy How, in, in comparison to before? Yeah. Um, luckily, we have our own building that what it's not open to public. It's not a gym open to the regular public. So um, we did cut down a lot of the team, you know, and uh, kind of ran a skeleton crew of good guys. So I probably had, you know, four guys around me, um, and that's about it. You know, it, it's what I needed, and we were able to get all, all the work done that I usually do get done. You know, um, I usually bring in guys, like, throughout camp and, and did not, you know, in this camp. But I was fighting a guy that my partners could pretty much emulate anyway. Right. So it wasn't too bad. Um, pretty much the same. Besides that, we were able to get our work in. Mm-hmm. And then with the – do you feel like a responsibility and feel free to pass this question? It's personal, but do you feel like a responsibility to like get people involved, you know, with your camp and give them opportunities to work with you? I mean, cause you're, you're in championship fights all the time, right? You're the main guy on, in Bellator in two way classes. So pretty much the main guy overall. 
So do you feel like you have a responsibility to get guys involved when you can't do something like that in a COVID situation? Does that kind of weigh on you a little bit? Is it, is it frustrating? Uh, not, no, I mean, because I, I bring in different guys all the time. Um, and it depends on who you're fighting, right? And, you know, I bring in guys and I pay them too, you know. And so um, I'm usually guys from Brazil, a Brazilian coach, and he has a, the connection down there. And we can, he usually has a guy emulate my opponent pretty well. Um, so, you know, it, it just, it's just, you know, part of the game, mm-hmm. um, it, it's a business just like anything else, you know, if I need a guy come up to Brazil for two weeks, I pay him a certain amount of week and they come out and give me the, the work I need and, and, uh, go home or, you know, if I have them in my corner or whatnot, um, but I definitely would have liked to have some guys out, but, um, we did perfectly fine without it. Mm-hmm. And how much within your camp and, and training, uh, how much of the emulation is is a part of the process? How much are you fighting, and is that guy trying to recreate Nemco's style as much as he can? Is that is that a major aspect? Yeah, and in a lot of the drilling too. If you're doing like you know drilling and pads, I think that's a, a huge aspect that a lot of people overlook. They they just hit pads, just hit pads. You know, um, we're drilling certain techniques of like, all right, he's going to do this. How are we responding? You know, and we drill that over and over again, and and watch a lot of video and all that kind of stuff. So it's a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Is it, do you try to look for tendencies? Because we watched a video on John Jones, who you've fought before, um, and he was talking about how he like literally memorizes patterns, you know, and is like where they're shooting yeah. from in the cage. Is that like a big part of your process as well? Yeah, definitely. You want to see what their go-to, move, you know, uh, techniques are, um, how they respond to different things and um like my fight like we were talking about with fedor you know we we knew he kept his right hand down and kind of always went to his right a little bit or back up um and we we drilled that and drilled that we drilled that in the back and went out there and executed it perfectly so um that's a big part of it and that's what you look for really yeah i mean you caught him on the back foot with that left hook the front left hook yeah yeah you know, knowing his hands were going to be down, knowing knowing he was kind of going to be out that way, and also knowing, you know, where was that line when he was going to rush me. So I found that line. I'm like, all right, you know, you can just tell he's about to, he's tensing up, ready to throw. I'm like, I can't go past that or he's going to throw. So I went up to that line and threw that, fainting first, and threw that, and it connected perfectly. It's pretty quick into the fight. So, like, yeah, is... with I have, I have a question for that real quick. With those quick knockouts, like we, we see all the time, you know, every once in a while, um, you know, is it, do you ever feel like, wow, like I trained so much and like it just, <laughs> it, it didn't last that long? And like, I, I used to, uh, not anymore. Anytime you go in there and get a, a quick knockout, you know, and it those feels are five good. Round, yeah. Five round fights, you know, I want to get out there as soon as possible. I don't want to fight five rounds if I don't have to. I right. will and I can, but if I can get in there and get a knockout, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Not think twice about it. Do you have? I mean, obviously, the strategy is different between five and three rounds. I've heard of guys. I heard like DC through. They said DC usually throws the third round. Is that like something that you consider, like to kind of just hold your weight on a guy and kind of just take a lax round to kind of get recuperated, or is that like a if you is that a too risky of a strategy? It seemed like risky yeah. to me, honestly. It's kind of yeah, it's kind of risky, and then um, you know, I, I just I kind of take it minute by minute, mm-hmm. round by round. And so you're just trying to win whatever situation you're in at that, you know, in the moment, mm-hmm. right? And those add up to a, a round win, and then they add up to, you know, a couple of rounds, and they add up to three, and then the, the win for the five-round fight. 
Um, yeah, I don't think like actively trying to take one off. Um, there could be times when you're like, all right, I need to move around. I need to um, establish my jab, take a little breather if I can, or get this guy down and, and take a breather then. Um, maybe in that aspect, but as far as like mentally knowing I'm going to take a round off now. How was the transition? I think we've spoke. We probably have spoken about this before, but the transition from wrestling to fighting is it's two. It, it is two different sports, and many people oh, yeah. see that as. I mean, I know you know, but many people from the outside looking in see like the easy like transition, you know. Whereas like they go basketball to baseball is hard, but to me it's the same thing. It's it's totally two different ball games. So how was that transition like for you? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that overlap, though, you know, and, and definitely at the beginning when I went out there first couple fights and I was fighting, I was using my wrestling, you know, I it, I was striking for freaking two months before that, you know, and so I went out there and, you know, took the guy down and right when I grabbed him, I'm like, oh, man, I'm like, this is a different, mm-hmm. different level, meaning I've been used to grappling and wrestling division one you know, studs and athletes the whole time. And when I grab a guy that is like one and one in MMA, it's totally different. I felt like I was, I was fighting my little brother or something, you know? Um, and so, and that only, that lasts for a certain while. So in these lower level fights, demolishing people just with wrestling. And then you get to the point where you're in the bigger leagues, UFC, Bellator, whatnot, and you're fighting guys that are good, that can wrestle, that can strike, do jujitsu. Um, and so you have to obviously grow. And uh, my first big fight was my like, Keith Jardine. I was like, do I belong at this level? You know, um, you know, I have no, no idea. He just beat Chuck Liddell, all that. And I went out there and first couple punches he threw at me. I was like, okay, I'm good. I can beat this dude. Ended up knocking him out. Um, you know, so a lot transfers over, but you got to put in the work and your striking and your jujitsu and everything else. Um, Cause you can rely on wrestling for a while, but get, get to the top where you want to be. You're going to need everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and clearly what you're talking about, the, the mental aspects of it, like the studying, studying the tendencies in the film, I think like, you know, from an outside looking in perspective, like everyone talks about that in the NFL, right? That a quarterback is looking at game film, but it's not something that's often talked about for just general sports fans in regards to, you know, Bellator or UFC, just, just martial arts sports in general. And I think that, I don't know, it's really cool to hear you talk about that because Obviously, like you think about it, it makes so much sense. Like, why would you not? Like, you're you're fighting one guy. You got one guy in front of you for the next yeah. fight. Yeah. You know oh yeah. Tendencies is everything, you know. And it's, um, it's even you know, if I see a guy like potentially this guy I'm fighting, like he gets tired, you know, and, and he doesn't go to three rounds a lot. Never been to five rounds, you know. And after every round, he's like, he's on the canvas, kind of getting his breath, you know. That kind of like, all right, uh, I know he's gonna come out hard but I keep this pace on him and he's going to, you know, fold up at a certain point, you know, little stuff like that, regardless of technique and regardless of everything else. Yeah. Right. Do you watch every single one of your opponent's fights before? No, no. And I, I don't usually watch a ton of it. I'll watch his last like three, four fights, probably two times, three times. And then my coach is watching them all the time and he's watching every, everything, anything you can find on social media, you know, spying on them watching the fights all that kind of stuff yeah i mean i the confusing thing i was talking to josh about this earlier but i was like i feel like it's so hard to keep track of these eastern european names i mean like my last name is disopolis but like if you if you had to fight me and then you had to fight papadopoulos and then you had to fight like katsuris i wouldn't know who the hell i was fighting either 
like some of these guys, I feel like, do they end up like kind of blending together because the just names are just hard to keep track of? Oh, 100%. And the guy that I'm fighting too, you know, he's uh, he's fought in Europe. He, you know, fought a couple times in Beltar over in the States, but, you know, he's he's not relatively known, you know, and hugely popular, um, but he's he he's very, very tough, you know. Um, he's definitely earned the top contendership here, beating three former champions, all that kind of stuff. So looking mm-hmm. forward to it. Yeah, and how does this the return? It's like a big return for Bellator. So, what do you what does this mean for your guys' brand? Uh, how do you feel about no fans? Is that like something that's weighing on you at all, or you don't really give a shit? Yeah, to be honest, uh, I just wanted something to happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you never know what's going to happen around the corner. You know, next month they could say, "Hey, there's no more live anything," and and you could be waiting for another six months to fight. You know, and I've been through training camp since freaking february you know and so for me i'm just glad it's here and the no fan things i'm gonna i'm actually kind of enjoying it or gonna enjoy it because it it takes away that added like hoopla from it less stress you go out there you're calm relaxed that's when i fight my best and and uh um go out there and just do your thing you know and everything everything about this week is a little more low-key and so it's kind of nice. It's different. I did it on the Ultimate Fighter. Um, and look forward to something different. Yeah, and probably be nice to you know have some time with the family and put this behind you as well, and just you know focus on that when this is up. Yeah, go out there, you know, get paid. And I know a lot of people at this time, you know, losing jobs and and uh, having a hard time. You know, that sucks. And we're fortunate enough to go out there and do what we love to do and, and be able to make money. And and uh, so that's a big thing too. Is like that you don't know what's going to happen in the future. And uh, I'm just glad we're here at fight week. He got into the country, all that kind of stuff. Would you say this is an older man's sport or like quote unquote? I mean, obviously you're, you know, you're 37, right? Would you say though yep. that it's like, it, it kind of benefits, you know, the more seasoned you are in the sport. Is, is that fair to say? I would say kind of with the bigger guys, you know, you see a lot of the heavyweights and, and uh you know two fivers are a little older and doing mm-hmm. better at age you know you have guys in the oc like stipe and cormier cormier is what 41 years old um you know stipe's 39 or whatnot um and a lot of heavyweights are in their 40s the younger guys i feel like it, the younger you are it's better mm-hmm. um but experience you know i i've rarely or barely got comfortable you know fighting probably freaking four years ago you know where i can be in there and be like i feel competent in all areas basically and so that's a huge thing being through a lot going through all these different fights five rounds three rounds 15 second fights you know it all adds up yeah man totally 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 i mean it's just you also have to get comfortable with the craft and in your own body i mean martial people are learning martial arts for their whole lives you know, you hit like a certain, yeah. you hit a certain point in football. Like y- you can throw the football. Can you catch or not? Are you fast or are you yeah. not? You know, but people are yeah. learning this art their whole their whole lives. Yeah, with fighting, there's just there's endless techniques that you can learn. Yeah, and and, and in your mind too, and like mentality going in there. And and uh, I remember I, when I fought Rashad Evans it was the first time where I, it opened up and I can see everything. You know, rather than fighting on emotion and fighting like. Uh, what happened? I blacked out, kind of deal, um, you know. And that's where you kind of used to fight for mm-hmm. fourteen fights in, you know. And so it's nice to be able to calm down, see everything, and relax, and be able to think. 
How does time move in there for you? Is it is it quick or is it like is it just normal? Because to us, on you know outside looking in, these leg kicks are flying and these jabs. I'm like, oh my god, dude, I can't look down to grab a bite of my noodles, you know, on Saturday yeah. night because like I, I'll miss I miss like three punches, you know. It's quick. Yeah, sometimes it, yeah, it, it does go slow, you know, and then and uh, um, especially a five round fight, you're like, is this ever gonna end? Kind of deal, and then. Uh, <laughs> By the time you realize it, you know, you're in the fifth round and there's three minutes left. And then all of a sudden it's, it's, it's done. You're like, Oh, finally, you know? Um, but it, it does, it does go slow. Um, but you're in the moment too, you know? So sometimes it could kind of, you know, it, it speeds up a little bit, but usually it's kind of feels like it's slow. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And Ryan, before, you, uh, oh, sorry, toss. I was just going to ask, have you been, you've been watching any other sports now that the rest of them are kind of getting started as well? Uh, I usually only really watch football, yeah. you know, I don't basketball at all. I don't really watch baseball. I used to as a kid, but, um, uh, so not really, to be honest, um, watching a little MMA. Um, but I haven't been watching too many, too many sports really. Nice. Fo- Pro- product, productive. Uh, diving, into any, <laughs> diving into any TV shows or movies or. Yeah. I mean, in camp, you know, we're, I mean, I probably went through all the Netflix shows, um, you know, and it's just. I ran out of shows right now, but it's one of those things where I'm training hard. I'm usually, you know, laying down in bed like 8:30. We'll watch a couple of TV shows, and and then, um, you know, I'm exhausted from training, so then I'm out. But yeah, I mean, doing that. We I've got three kids, and so they're back in virtual school, so that takes up the time and all that. Yeah, man, virtual school is crazy. It's, it's so nuts. It's nuts. My mom's a teacher. I- yeah, I can't yeah both it. both me and Josh's yeah, moms are teachers, and we we hear the horror stories already. Yeah, we got. Three- different times three <sighs> different time is for all of them that's chaos chaos man but we'll get past it uh we're gonna let you rock and roll shortly because uh, you know you have another uh, show to go to but we always ask our guests the same question what is your favorite sports memory could be you watching playing anything your whole life i've actually i actually have two and they're two different times in my life um one is in high school we we uh very good football team in Nevada, we won state in football. I was a middle linebacker, um, and uh, we blew everybody out, undefeated all season. You know, won the state championship, 35-0. Beat both Vegas schools and two northern schools. You know, uh, uh, went at it for state. Um, I ended up getting defensive player of the year. Our running back got offensive player of the year, and it was just a it was a cool time. I almost wanted to go play football. I was I was like, man, I want to play football now in college. Um, it wasn't overly big though. Um, anyway, I chose wrestling. And then, uh, the other, other one was beating Fedor. You know, I was a light heavyweight champion, um, ran through the heavyweight grand prix, was fighting Fedor and idol for second belt. Um, you know, and it's Fedor and Milianenko, you know, guy that I looked up to and idolized and go out there and knock him out in 30 seconds in front of friends and family, become a two division champion. So you can't really beat that. It must have been like that, that punch connecting must have been so surreal. Like, was it out of body a when bit? He, yeah, when he fell down, I I was like, no way is that happening like like that right now. Yeah. And then I fucked up and it was done. You know, when that when that ref waved it off, you, the fight's done no matter what. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm done. Like this whole tournament, this whole year, I'm done. And I won it. I'm two division champion. It was pretty special. Oh yeah, when they go like that, it has to be like the best. Yeah, feeling. <laughs> it's best feeling ever. Bader, man, love having you on. Go check him out. The Zone, Paramount, 
Network, 10 p.m. Eastern. He's fighting, defending his light heavyweight championship. We're pulling for you, man. We got you, brother. Guys, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Anytime, Thanks, man. Thanks, Go get him. Awesome down-to-earth guy. Uh, love, loved him in Miami, so... No qualms, obviously. Uh, super talkative, responsive, great interview, and just a all-around good dude. And we're wishing him the best. We're pulling for him. We'll be watching this Friday. Uh, you guys better tune in as well to pull for our man. We didn't talk about him saying that Toss could last a minute in the ring with him, which I still think is impossible. I think he'd get mauled in under 20 seconds, um, assuming they didn't know each other. You know, it was just like a like a fight, like a normal fight for him, not knowing it was Toss. Um, but yeah, we didn't get to that. But other than that, awesome show. And we have some sponsors this week. We have Opa Seasonings. Yep, Opa Seasonings, our favorite sponsor. Go to opafoods.com. Use the code, the charity stripe. Get 10% off um, all the seasonings you get at Opa Foods with code, the charity stripe. And we have another one. That's right. Get pumped. Get excited because Bet Online is back. Did somebody say playoffs? The NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing. And our partners at Bet Online have you covered. So take full advantage of sports being back and get on the get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. People go. <laughs> Good luck there. Uh, so head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Yep. Bet online, Opa Seasonings, the Ryan Darth Bader. Awesome show, guys. Thanks for tuning in. To the fans out there, drag both feet inbound, swing on a full count, rip that puck, hit that putt, hit your PKs because they're free, and hit your free throws. Why, guys? Because they are free. We out ya. We love ya. We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. Clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History final. Tie Gives it to Jenkins for the championship. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Bases loaded. Two out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.